mom and dad were watching TV, and mom said, uh, it's getting, I'm tired, and it's getting late, I think I'll go to bed. So she went to the kitchen to make sandwiches for the next day's lunches, rinsed out the popcorn bowls, took meat out of the freezer for supper the next evening, checked the cereal box levels, filled the sugar container, put spoons in the bowls on the table, got the coffee in the coffee pot ready for brewing the next morning. Then she put some clothes in the dryer, put a load of clothes in the washer, picked up the newspaper strewn on the floor, picked up some game pieces on the table, book back on the shelf. She watered the plants, emptied a wastebasket, hung up a towel to dry. She yawned and stretched and headed for the bedroom. She stopped by her desk and wrote a note to the teacher, counted out some cash for a field trip, put a textbook uh, out, pulled a textbook out from under a chair, signed a birthday card for a friend, addressed and stamped an envelope, wrote out her to-do list for the next day, put both near her purse. Then she creamed her face, put on moisturizer, brushed and flossed her teeth, trimmed her nails, and her hubby called out, I thought you were going to bed. I'm on the way, she said. She put some water in the dog's dish, put the cat outside, made sure the doors were locked, looked on each of the kids, turned out a bedside lamp, hung up a shirt, threw some dirty socks into the hamper, had a brief conversation with one that was still up doing her homework, set the alarm, laid out clothing for the next day, straightened a shoe rack, added three things to her to-do list tomorrow. About that time, her husband turned off the TV and announced to no one in particular, I'm going to bed. And he did. Now, <laughs> I see this story resonates with many of the ladies out there. The guys are saying, what's the point of that? <laughs> you know, there was a saying at the early part of the 20th century that man works from sun to sun, but a woman's work is never done. And certainly, our sisters today don't have work maybe as physically demanding as their ancestors. They're not out drawing water out of a well or chopping wood or cooking on a wood stove or milking cows. But it's still demanding. But it occurs to me that a woman's worth is not defined by her work, but by the person that she is, the wisdom that she possesses, and how she demonstrates godliness in her daily life. And so on this morning, on this Mother's Day, I want us to talk about the worth of a godly woman. Let me invite you to turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 31, which will be our text this morning. I'd like to welcome each one here this morning. We're glad to have you in our number. If you're a guest, we hope that you'll come back with us on other occasions. Maybe you're here to be with your mother on this day. I don't know. But we are glad that you're here. Certainly we recognize that Mother's Day is a national holiday on the second Sunday in May in the United States. It's not a religious holiday or holy day. But we come today, as we do every Sunday, to honor Jesus. Yet as we do, we are reminded of the commands of Scripture in Ephesians 6 and verse 1, honor your mother. And when we honor our mothers, as the Bible teaches us to do, and as we sung in the song prior to our study this morning, we actually honor Jesus and the Word of Jesus. And I think that there's no better place to think about the honor of mothers and wives than Proverbs chapter 31. The wise men said, Who can find a worthy woman? She is worth far more than rubies 
Let's think about that statement a, mi a minute, and then let's go into the text of Proverbs 31 and think about the worth of a godly mother. What Lemuel is saying here is that the measure of a mother's worth exceeds anything material. You know, in our society today, we tend to measure things in terms of materialistic standards. And we do that when it comes to what we pay a person. We do that in terms of a person's salary. And in especially the United States, that you look at an occupation or profession that has a salary equated with it. And if we're not careful, we often look at the worth of an individual based upon that salary. And so it is today as many women have professions and jobs outside the home that maybe we put a certain worth on that as opposed to a woman that chooses not to pursue a career outside the home and is a full-time homemaker and mother. In fact, I've had a number of women tell me that opt for that decision that sometimes they are looked down upon by their sisters, not necessarily sisters in Christ, but by their females. And maybe they left a lucrative job or profession and opt to stay home. And others, why would you do that? And maybe their worth is measured in the fact that they don't have a salary or a position or a title anymore. But we cannot measure a mother's worth in that way. There is a website, salary.com, that talks about what people make. And someone figured up how much a stay-at-home mom should be making. And they figured, well, she's a daycare teacher, a van driver, a housekeeper, a cook, a CEO, a nurse, and a general maintenance worker. And so they took all of those things, and they tried to extrapolate the number of hours she put in doing this based on a 40-hour week. And you see there that it comes out to $43,000, but mothers put in a lot of overtime. And when you start figuring the overtime, then you figure her worth is over $100,000 a year. And yet when you add all of these jobs up, if we try to assign a monetary worth to it, like the MasterCard commercial advertisements, there are priceless aspects to the job. What about a hug that comes just at the right time? I mean, what about cutting the crust off of the sandwich bread to get that just right for your kid? What about that reassuring laugh that makes us not take ourselves too seriously? And the countless other things that are priceless that only mothers can do. The last man answered the question, who can find a worthy woman? And said that her worth is far more than rubies. And that led me to think about, well, how much is that? We think about diamonds as being expensive. Well, how much is a fine ruby worth? Well, I looked one up that is for sale. It's probably sold by now. But here is one that is a 1.72 carat ruby. It is faceted. It is a Burman natural ruby. It is pear-shaped. It is said to be excellent and exceptional, and it's for sale for $10,000. So if you haven't got a Mother's Day gift, you might check that out. You see, it might not be too late. You might be able to mend some. But really? Well, how about her purse full? The wise man said, who can find a worthy woman? Her, her price is far above rubies, not just one, but many. A worthy woman 
is worth more. A worthy woman is priceless. Well, what does our text say? The text is really telling us that God measures worth by a spiritual standard. One translation of this verse speaks of a noble character is translated. And it made me think of what is said of Ruth, of Ruth 3, 11, and 12, when Boaz looked at Ruth and said, All my fellow townsmen know that you're a woman of noble character. This is what the text is talking about in Proverbs 31. It's talking about inner qualities. It's talking about character. It's talking about who she is. That here is a woman that is virtuous, that is morally excellent, that is one with high moral standards. And young people, it may be, if we're not careful, that we fail to appreciate that quality in our mothers. In fact, sometimes kids... They want to compare their mother to other mothers that maybe they think other mothers are more cool than their mothers. Or other mothers that let their kids do stuff and your mother says, no, you can't do that. You can't go there. You can't engage in that. You can't dress like that. But so-and-so's mother lets them. Well, it might be time to stop and think a little bit about your mother and the kind of person that she is. Maybe she says no to some things, or she does some things different, or she engages things, or dresses in a different way, because she is a woman of noble character, like the Proverbs 31 woman. I want to salute today young mothers that are working to do their best to teach their children right from wrong in a society that has lost its way, and to think about the worth of a godly mother. Let's go ahead and move on and look at some of the qualities that are seen in this chapter. The worth of a godly mother speaks to the commitment to her family. And the Bible here talks about the idea of trust, the quality of trust, the quality of helpfulness, the quality of sacrifice, the quality of love. All of these things we see here. Look beginning in verse 11. The heart of her husband safely trusts her so that she will have, he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships that brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. And so here is a woman that is committed to her family. She, her husband can trust her. He safely trusts her. Here is a woman that is helpful. Her commitment is seen in her willingness to lend a helping hand and, and to give a listening ear and to open her heart. Christian mothers sacrifice for their families. I heard a story about a little boy that was in school, and he was studying fractions. And the teacher posed this question. He says, suppose your mother baked a pie, and there were seven of you, your parents and five children. What piece of the pie would you get? And the little boy's hand shot up, and he said, a sixth. And the teacher said, honey, you evidently don't understand fractions yet. 
he said, no, teacher, you don't understand my mother. She would say she didn't want any pie. Well, I thought back how many times when mom looked at a pie or a cake and there's more people than there was pie that all of a sudden she wasn't hungry. We've all witnessed that. That is mother. That is sacrifice. That is willing to give. The unknown poet put it this way, there are times when only a mother's love could understand our tears and can soothe our disappointments and calm all our fears. There are times only a mother's love can share the joy we feel when something we've dreamed about quite suddenly is real. There are times when only a mother's love can help us on life's way and inspire in us the confidence that we need from day to day. For a mother's heart and a mother's faith and a mother's love are steadfast, were fashioned by the angels and sent from God above. How do you measure the worth of a mother's love, her sacrifice, her helpfulness, and her trust and commitment to her family? These things are priceless. But a mother's love, a mother's worth, is also seen in the diligence in her work. It says that she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She's like the merchant ships that brings her food from afar. She rises what is early and is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maid servants. She considers a field and buys it. And from her profit, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and she strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. Well, times have changed and culture has changed and the kind of work has changed, but the quality that's spoken here in Proverbs 31 is the quality and the character of diligence. That mother is a hard worker. And I think that some of us men fail to understand the work that is involved in being a full-time wife and homemaker. And then I look out of the audience, I see the number of women that do that work and yet they hold a job outside the home. Or maybe they're blessed to have a job they can work at from their home, but they still got a job. And yet meals are cooked and houses cleaned and a lot of work is done. And maybe we fail to appreciate it. I heard about a fellow one time that had come home from work. And as he came home, he opened the door and the house was in shambles. I mean, there was just stuff everywhere uh, his wife hadn't even got dressed for the day. The children were still running around their pajamas and toys were everywhere and dishes were piled in the sink and it, just, it looked like a, a tornado hit the thing. And he said, what in the world happened here today? She says, you know, when you come home every day, you ask me what I do all day. Well, today I didn't do it. Well, there's a lot involved and what moms do that maybe sometimes we forget about and we take for granted. How do you measure the worth of a mother's work, her industry, and her diligence? It is priceless. And then this text speaks of the compassion that she has for other people. In verse 21, she extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. The worth of a woman not only provides for her own family, 
but she has a compassionate heart toward those that are in need and to, to those that are less fortunate. You know, there are a lot of things that wouldn't get done in our family if it wasn't for my wife. I, I'll just tell you that. You, you wouldn't get any casseroles if you needed a casserole for me or a cake or a pie or any other food. Now, I might give you a gift card to Chick-fil-A or something, but you wouldn't be getting any prepared food. I'll guarantee you that. And I think about the times when we have company and my wife is up at 5 o'clock on a Sunday morning working on a dinner or she's staying up late Saturday night to make a dish to take to someone the next day or all the other kinds of things that women do that it's easy to take for granted. The godly woman is the woman with a tender heart and a generous spirit and a selfless devotion. You know, I look around in the care group meetings and while men come in those meetings, uh, there are a lot of women in those meetings. And I look around, and there's a lot of the women that are writing the cards, a lot of the women that are sending out the notes to other people. You look at how many women volunteer to help in charitable organizations or schools or, or neighborhood projects. It's the wife, it's the mother, it's the female that is there. How do you measure the worth of a godly mother's kindness and compassion? It's priceless. And then this text speaks of her words of wisdom. In verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. You think about the wisdom of our mothers to be able to give us guidance as we're growing up. I wrote a little piece in today's bulletin about my mom, and I, I can't help it on a Mother's Day, even though she's not with us anymore to think back of those times when I was struggling with something and could come home from school and sit and she would have some cookies baked and have a glass of milk. In fact, my mom did actually milk the cow. We had a cow. But anyway, that's another story. And sit there, and I got this big problem. And who to talk to but mom and listen to my mother's advice and her wisdom and counsel. And I'll just share something with you. Some of you young people that are graduated from high school and you're going off to college and maybe some of you young married folks, you know, it's not a bad idea to still listen to mother's wisdom. In fact, mama wasn't afraid to give me some wisdom and advice long after I got married. And I'll tell you, more often than not, it's pretty good advice. Her wisdom was pretty sound and solid. Children today need faithful instruction. And may God grant us godly women to impart that wisdom and impart that instruction. I think in the Bible of young Timothy, whose mother was a Christian, his grandmother was a Christian, and they provided him the wise counsel and the godly instruction and in his formative years. And Paul said, and from a child, you've known the Holy Scriptures. Why? It was because of his mother and his grandmother. And I can certainly remember back to those days as well. And I can remember in those days wanting to do something and ask my mom about it. And she said, no, I don't think, I don't think that we need to do that. I can remember maybe wanting to go out and play and do something, and she would say, do you have your Bible lesson? Well, no, well, do your Bible lesson, and then you can go out. And we, we, we understood the importance of that. You know, my mom was my first speech coach. 
We didn't have internships back in those days. And so mom critiqued my sermons. And I can remember when I first started giving a few talks and, and preaching some little country congregations when I was a teenager, Braden, I'd get behind a desk at my dad's, and I'd have my sermon outline, and I would preach to an audience of one, my mother, and she'd critique me. You know, she continued to critique me. I remember one Mother's Day when she came to church, she said, well, that was a good sermon. She said, I had a little bit too much humor for me. So if you think sometimes I have a little bit too much humor in some of my sermons, you're in good stead. My mom sometimes felt the same way. She'd give me advice and counsel and help me. Words of wisdom. And then the Proverbs woman in chapter 31 speaks of the wonderful reward that God's woman has listen to this beautiful text beginning of verse 28 her children rise up and call her blessed her husband also and he praises her many daughters have done well but you excel them all charm is deceitful and beauty is passing but a woman who fears the lord she shall be praised give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works Praise her in the gates. What a wonderful reward. And I'll tell you what a wonderful pattern for you young ladies maybe that are just married and you don't have children yet and you think about becoming a mother. Or maybe some of you young ladies are not even married yet. Maybe you're still in school. And you're thinking about one day of being a wife and mother. Mother, you, you couldn't pick a better text to model your life after and being God's woman than Proverbs chapter 31. We see the measure of the worthy woman's worth. Let me just close with this tribute on Mother's Day to wrap this up and to think about what our mothers mean to us. I don't know the author of this, but it goes like this. This is for all of the mothers who have sat up at night with six toddlers, sick toddlers in their arms, wrapping up bar full of Oscar Mayer wieners and cherry Kool-Aid, saying, it's okay, mommy's here. This is for all the mothers that show up at work with spit up in their hair and milk stains on their blouses and diapers in their purse. This is for all the mothers who froze their buns off on metal bleachers of football and soccer games, so when their kids asked, did you see me? Did you see me? They said, of course, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. This is for all the mothers who sat down with their children and explained all about making babies. And for all the mothers who wanted to but just couldn't. This is for all the mothers who read Goodnight Moon twice a night for a year and then read it again just one more time. This is for all the mothers who taught their children to tie their shoelaces before they started school. And this is for all the mothers who opted for Velcro instead. This is for all the mothers whose heads turn automatically when a little voice says, Mom, even in a crowd when their own children are at home. This is for all the mothers whose children have gone astray and can't find the words to reach them. 
This is for all the mothers who bite their lips sometimes until they bleed when their 14-year-old dyed their hair green. This is for all the mothers who gave birth to babies they had never seen. And for mothers who took those babies and gave them homes. This is for mothers who put pinwheels and teddy bears on their children's graves. This is for the mothers of children with severe limitations. Your freedom has been exchanged for a cherished service of love. This is for those that have lost their mothers and would give anything to take them out to lunch today. This is for young mothers stumbling through diaper changes and sleep deprivation and for mature mothers learning to let go and let their kids spread their wings. For working mothers and stay-at-home mothers and single mothers and married mothers and mothers with money and mothers without money or things, but with hearts open with love, this is for all of you. Happy Mother's Day. We love you. Hang in there. You're doing a great job. And may I add, ladies, you're doing a job that will last and pay dividends for all eternity. You're making a difference. God bless you. As we close this morning, we sing a song of invitation and encouragement, inviting you to come to the Lord. I know we haven't addressed the issue of salvation this morning. And I know we've talked about a very specific area as we think about the godly mother. But I've talked about a woman of Scripture this morning. I'm talking about the worthy woman. And I don't know if there could be a woman here this morning as a wife or a mother that's not a Christian. And you're trying to be a good mom. You're trying to be a good person. But you know what? If you are, you're going it alone. You need the Lord. You need His help. You need His strength. You need His guidance. Could it be a dad here who's not a Christian? Your wife is. And she's trying to raise the kids in a Christian home, but she needs your help. The Lord needs you. But most of all, you need the Lord. Would you come to him this morning? Is there a young person here of accountable age and your mom's been trying to teach you and trying to encourage you and she's waiting for that day when you'll become a Christian? Not because it's Mother's Day, but because it's the Lord's Day. What a wonderful time it would be to accept Christ. To believe on him with all of your heart, to repent of your sins, confess allegiance to him as the Son of God and to be baptized for the mission of your sins, to become a Christian, to make your home a Christian home, and to follow the teaching of Scripture. Can we serve you in any way? Would you come as we stand while we sing?